Okay, great. We're ready to start. Uh, uh, we're on the bottom of Kufiyad Aleph Ahmed Bey's, about 10 lines from the bottom, four-fifths of the way down, starting with Amar of Yosef. We're in the midst of a number of Agadatas. We've spent quite a while speaking about Shadim, um, a little bit of time speaking about Kishuf, and uh, a variety of other ideas therein. And we're going to continue uh, learning some Agadatas, though we're not going to be speaking about Shadim or Kishuf. So let's get started. Amar of Yosef, bottom of Kufiyad Aleph, Ahmed Bey's, 10 lines from the bottom. The following three things, they cause for people to lose their eyesight. It removes the brightness from their eyes. Someone who brushes their hair um, when their hair is dry. People who drink, but they drink in very, very small increments. And someone who puts on their shoes while their feet are still wet. The Mephorshim point out that while we don't understand these things, it doesn't mean that there isn't a Mitzvah to them. Speak to your local Orthodox rabbi for day-to-day practice on these items. If you have food hanging in your house, uh, that is uh, that can be something that causes for people to be destitute. Like people say, if you hang bread in your house, so then you're also going to be hanging in quotes, uh, your um, your mazon, your sustenance. In other words, you're putting it at risk. Below Amran, Ella Rifta, but this only applies to Rifta. Rifta in Aramaic is bread. About Bisra, Vikavre, but when it comes to meat and when it comes to fish, Leslanba, Orchehi, that's normal. Or Hashem, we have a heter for hanging uh, Romanian salamis in our house because otherwise it would have been a problem from this Gemara. Says the Gemara, four lines from the bottom on Kuf Yodala from Udbez, Pare, Bebesa, Kashan, and Yusa, people who have bran in their house. Kashal and you say that can cause for someone to be destitute. Neshora, if you have bread scraps in your house, bebesa, kashal and yusa, that too can cause for uh, people to be poor. Belele Shabbos, so belele revi'is on on Friday nights and on Tuesday nights. Sharu mazikin ilave. There is uh, more of a risk on those nights than on other nights. We're going to be speaking a little bit more about that tonight. Um, that one should be more careful on those nights. Isara de uh, the one who has hold over food, namely the the shade that has hold over food, is Nikid Shemeh. His name is Nikid. Isra Daniusa, the one who has a hold over whether or not someone is poor, is Noval Shemeh. Uh, that is just the names of them. And again, as we spoke about the other day, that this comes in Lemaisa as it relates to a kamia, to an amulet, where you can write down um, in order, you can write something on the amulet when done right. Ein Masech Shabbos, we learned this uh, many hundreds of lot ago. And there we discussed this idea as well. So that's why it's important to know their names. Says the Gemara, two lines from the bottom. So if you put a plate, a puma de chatzva, on top of a barrel, kashalani, you said that too is not good for uh, for your wealth. Man maya, someone who drinks water, if you drink it out of a plate, if you lick a plate, like uh, sometimes my kids do that. But if you lick a plate, so then kashi libarukti. What's barukti? Look at the last Rashi on the page. Not the last Rashbam, but the last Rashi. Two thirds of the way down, the last one, uh, the second to last one, excuse me, the barukti. Kilyoninaim, something that destroys your eyes. Um, and, this, and the art scroll translated as a degenerative eye, eye disease. One should be careful with that as well. Um, if somebody eats cress, and they don't wash their hands afterwards, they're going to have a, a type of fear for approximately 30 days. Uh, if you look at the very last um, Rashi and the last Rashbam, it's the same exact language. They'll have some type of anxiety, but they won't be able to articulate to you what it is that's bothering them. 30 days for someone who doesn't wash their hands after eating crest. Turning to the top of Kufiyad Beis Maralaf, let's say a person does bloodletting, and uh, that's Rashi on the top, Makiz Daminak Sefaim. 
uh, from the shoulders specifically, if you do bloodletting from there, so then, and you don't wash your hands, um, if, then you're going to have this anxiety, this uh, panic sense, panic sense for seven days. The shakil mazie for a person who cuts their hair, below mashiyade, this is all quoted in Shulchan Aruch, actually, much of this is. A person who gets a haircut, below mashiyade, and they don't wash their hands afterwards, then they'll have this type of fear or anxiety for three days. The Mephorshim points out that this is true for giving a haircut and for getting a haircut. It's for both people. One should make sure even after they shave their beard to prepare for Shabbos, if you're cutting off any hair, uh, then you should wash Nitilas Yadayim. Machlokas, if it's once per hand or three times like we do in the morning, Biserugin and alternating right, left, right, left, right, left, obviously no big deal, just we have enough water flowing through the pipes. Better to do three on each hand uh, in alternating form. Uh, that's hair. Three lines down. Kukid Bayes, Madaf, the Shakil Tofre. If you cut off your nails, Tofre is um, is a nail. And this, the word Tofre is used throughout Shas to reference nails as well. We know from uh, from the halachos of checking a shechita knife, a bisra ve'atufra, you check the quality of the blade, whether or not there are any nicks in the in the cutting portion of the blade, atufra, even on your nail. So that's what the Gemara says here as well, that if, if shakil tafre, then tofre, velo mashiyade mefachet chad yoma. And then as the Gemara in explicitly, velo yoda mai kom mefachet, we don't know what it is that you will be scared about. Uh, sounds a little ominous, um, but therefore one should try to be careful. And again, this is quoted in Shulchan Aruch. Not a lot of what we learned is not quoted in Shulchan Aruch over the last many days, but this one is. Um, I don't know why or how the, the Shulchan Aruch, the Mechaber, was able to distinguish. I don't know. He's That's why he's him. But uh, this did make it into the Shulchan Aruch. Yada a'usya darga If a person puts their hand on their upper lip, so then says the Gemara, it's one of the stages toward pacha, toward fear or anxiety. Yada aputa, if a person puts their hand upon their forehead, says the Gemara, darga l'shinta. So the Meforshim here say, and to use a language of Chakira, some swarm I've seen over the years and I've heard from my Rabbeim, is this a simen or is this a siba? Is this a sign of what is already going on or is this a cause to create something? So that's what, what some of the Meforshim say. And, and uh, it seems to be from what I've seen that some of the Meforshim here write, that really this is just talking about a simon. When people um, are already a little scared, they put their fingers over their mouth, kind of normal. And when a person's tired, they support their head a little bit, they're exhausted. So these are these are simonim, they're not sibas, they're not the cause for things. So putting your hand on your lip or on your forehead, according to this understanding, would not be a goreim to cause for pachad, but rather it's an indicator that you are already there. Says the Gemara, well-known uh, uh, din that is found in Shulchan Aruch as well. Tana ochlin umashkin that we learned in a Mishnah. Ochlin umashkin tachas amita. If there's food or if there are drinks that are underneath a bed, afilu mechupin bekli barzel. Even if they are enclosed entirely in barzel, in iron, in steel, in metal, whatever it is, ruach ro shore alehem. So here the Mephorshim explain why is there an evil spirit that governs foods? Because when a person is in a bed and they sleep, they're one sixtieth dead. So we're kind of mimicking the halacha of a mace. We know that uh, there's tumas ohel by a mace and tumas maces ola adarakia, a whole host of uh, halachos that apply to a mace. So just like had it been there, we have some degree of tuma here, albeit rabbinically, we do have some form of tuma as it relates to food and no one should be storing food under their bed, irrelevant of the container. Tanu Rabbanon, eight, nine lines down, kufiud be'ezamadala. Lo yishta adam ma'im, a person should not drink water, lo balele revi'iyos, not on, on Tuesday nights, lo balele shabasos, um, and you also should not drink them on, you should not drink water on Friday nights. And uh, the Meforshim here are, are concerned, as we'll see about this in the Gemara. Let me just see if there was a Rashi here that I meant to read. Hold on. 
Nope, I don't think so. Yeah. I should say there is one Rash one Rashbam, five lines down in the Rashbam, Dibrahamasra Balele Revios below Nair. It's only true when you're drinking in the dark. Uh, but if there's light, then you don't have to worry about it. So that's a big difference, of course. If you want to drink water in your house, you just shouldn't drink in the dark. Uh, that's uh, something about shadim. We should be concerned about that. And if in fact, if in fact you drank water on Tuesday nights or on Friday nights and adding in the Rashbam's caveat, you did so in the dark and not with the light. So then, the halacha is that we're concerned about uh, about this drinking to the point that we'd say that you might be uh, causing damage for yourself. My sakana, what's the concern? Ruach ra. The concern is that there's ruach ra. Be'im tzachi, what if you're very thirsty? My takante, what should you do if you're very, very thirsty? So says the Gemara, what you should do is neima shiva kolos. You should say seven sounds. This is a reference to, to the paragraph that we said last night in davening. Shene'emar, she'amar, David, excuse me, she'amar, David, alamayim, v'hadar nishte. We should say the sheva kolos that David said about water, and then you can drink the water. Shene'emar, Number one, kol. This is kol number one. You can count all the words kol. Kol Hashem al hamayim el akavod hirim Hashem al mayim rabim. Kol Hashem bakoach. Kol Hashem behadar. Kol Hashem shover aruz and vay shaber Hashem esarze halavanot. Kol Hashem chotzev labos eish. Kol Hashem yachil midbar. Yachil Hashem midbar kadesh. Kol Hashem yichol alayalos vayechasof yerosuv hechalokulo omer kavod. So in that pasuk it says kol, and it also references mayim. It says the Gemara. This offsets the ruach ra. And therefore, one who uh, would like to drink water on Tuesday nights or on Friday nights, and there's no light. Yes, you're allowed to do it, provided that you say this paragraph first. Says the Gemara, last of the short lines, one third of the way down. If you don't have uh, that those psukim on hand and you don't know it by heart, you don't know how to say it. So then, here's what, here's what you should say. I'll say in advance, I don't know what I'm reading, okay? Just letting you know. This is an incantation. Uh, this is what you should say. Lul shafan anigron those first four words are, are transliterated in the English books here. I'm sitting between stars, between thin and fat. So this is something that one should say. Some of them, before Shem explained that what's going on here is you're saying, I'm not the only one Ruach Ra that you can choose from. There are others, which is a little strange because you're just brushing the Ruach Ra into others. Okay, whatever the case may be, this is this works. Um, I, I go between uh, those who are thin and fat. The Elo, and if you if you are are not um, if you're if you don't know this incantation, then and you're still thirsty, and it's a Tuesday night or a Friday night, and it's dark, what should you do? Says the Gemara, If there's another person in the house with you, and they might be sleeping, this are you should wake them up. and you should say out loud to him, Planya bar planta um, I am uh, my name, Hillel Pinchas Ben I'm very thirsty. And then you can drink. So some of them, before Shemir point out, is that you're no longer alone anymore because there's another person. Be low. And if, you, if all of these previous things don't work for you uh, and you're by yourself, so then says the Gemara, you should bang the ladle, bang the, uh, the cap on the, the top of the barrel, on top of the barrel to make some noise. And then the Ruach Ra, again, I don't know exactly, it's unclear here. That, um, that that sound will indicate that there are other people around you. Bahadur nishte, and then you can drink. Be'ilo, if there's no cover, nothing to make noise with. Be'ilo, nishte be'midi bahadur nishte. Throw something into the water, and then you will be able to drink. Tonu Rabbanon, just about halfway down, four or five lines, four lines into the wide lines. Let's continue. Tonu Rabbanon, lo yishta adam ma'im lo min ha'naharos, lo min ha'agamim. A 
a person should not drink from rivers and they should not drink water from lakes balayla at night. And if you do so, then your life is in your own hands. You've taken a risk. Asks the Gemara, my Sakana, answers the Gemara, Sakana Shavriri. The Mephorshim here are a, a little split in regards to what Shavriri means, but as we'll see from the flow of the Gemara, it seems Mukhrach that this is the name of a shade of some kind. Vi'itzachi, excuse me, if you're thirsty, my Takante. What should you do if you're thirsty and you want to drink from one of these uh, lakes or river, lakes or uh, rivers or lakes and um, it's nighttime? So says the Gemara, same as we saw before, you say your name, you include another person, you re- reference him, and therefore the Ruach won't impact you. And if not, he can say about himself, you can say his own name. My mother said, is here I should be careful, and how should I be careful around these this ruach ra? Here is what you should do: mishavriri, shavriri, biriri, riri, yiri, ri. As you can see, as you flow through the words, you'll see that the, the first letter was removed, and then the first and second letter were removed, and first, second, and third, and so forth and so on. So the Mefarshmir point out that. What's basically happening here is that the shade is hearing that his name is getting reduced and reduced. So then he's going he's gonna to leave. Uh, I want to be able to drink out of a clean cup. Get out of here. Some Mephorshim, yes, the word Hebrew means white, but uh, some of the Mephorshim say that this is a reference to a specific type of cup, uh, a, a one that's made out of cheres. Halfway down at the two dots, we said that the Arbakosos, if a person doesn't have enough money for the Arbakosos, that they should be able to take from the Tamchui, from the community plate, to make sure that they uh, take money from the community in order to uh, have the Dalakosos. Says the Gemara Pshita. Of course, that's obvious a person should do that. So um, what then is the point of our Mishnah? It seems obvious that that person should extend themselves in order to get the Dalit Kosos. Answers the Gemara. The reason why we needed this, we only needed it because, because elsewhere, in another sphere of Halacha, not related to Pesach, we have the Shita of Rebbe Akiva. What does Rebbe Akiva hold? It's better, says Rabbi Akiva, in regards to Hilchos Shabbos, that if you're really poor, it's better to just have a simple Shabbos, a weekday meal, than it is to be matriach the tzibor and to take money from the plate, from the tamchui. And if that's true, maybe we would have thought that that's true, but it says the Gemara, we, we can't. And therefore our Mishnah says that even according to Rabbi Akiva, hacha mishum pirsume nisa modi. Here, because... Rabbi Akiva agrees that Shabbos is different than the night of Pesach. On the night of Pesach, we have an element of Pirsume Nisa, of publicizing the Nisim that took place. There's an element of Pirsume Nisa. We are very used to hearing the phrase of Pirsume Nisa as it relates to Hanukkah, but we're not used to hearing it in this frame. So we should remember, and we should say this out loud at our, at our Pesach Sedarim in just a couple of weeks' time in Yerz Hashem, preferably in Yerushalayim, that we should say, you have to remember that there's a nace happening here. There's something that's miraculous here. We'd still be a disaster. We'd still be a mess. So there is an ace that took place. So then the reason why our Mishnah uh, explicates is because Rabbi Akiva held it by Shabbos, one would not have to go that far. So have a mina that maybe just like Rabbi Akiva holds by Shabbos, that better, maybe we would have thought the same by the Pesach Seder, that we are concerned about the fact that a uh, that uh, one should have the Dalit Kosos because of your Sumenisa. So then Afal P that you're poor, it doesn't make a difference. One is obligated to get the Dalit Kosos Mishum Pir Sumenisa. And in such a case, even Rabbi Akiva would agree. 
Tana de Beelio, similar line. This is a din in Hilchos Shabbos. Yes, it's true. Rabbi Akiva is of the opinion that one uh, should make their weekend, they should make their Shabbos chol instead of uh, drawing out the needs uh, over the weekend. However, you still should do something. You still should try to make an effort to make it a, to make it a little bit of a Shabbos. It says the Gemara, what is that small thing? A person should have kasa deharsana. Kasa deharsana is a type of fish. We'll see a little bit later, a little bit more about this in a different context. But the Gemara here references kasa deharsana, that one should have fish. This is one of the marimakomos as to where gefilte fish, eating fish in general on Shabbos comes from. And there's a discussion, preferably one should try to have fish at all three meals. Of course, this gets into a conversation that's a big machlokas between Ashkenazim and Sephardim. It just came up over Shabbos here in conversation as to whether or not uh, one is allowed to have fish and meat together. We know that we Ashkenazim are sensitive to that. And we have separate plates, separate forks. You don't have to wash them, but you don't have to wash out. You, know, you don't have to um, wait or anything, but we don't eat them together at the same time. So the fish comes out, take off the fish plate and the fish fork, and then you should hopefully have a meat fork and then have another clean plate. But Sephardim have a totally different approach. And this is based on a machlokas in the text and uh, in some of the earlier uh, primary Mari Makomos about this topic, that there is a sakana to eat fish and something together. Uh, by the Ashkenazim, they held that it was fish and meat. That was where the danger was. So mutter to eat fish and milk together. So an Ashkenazi can have the dogma, an Ashkenazi can have a tuna milk. But people who are Sephardim, they said that the sakana of eating fish was with, was with milk, and therefore they would not have fish with cheese. They wouldn't have a tuna milk, but they would have uh, fish with basar. So that's a machlokas, and there's really party lines drawn that the Ashkenazim basically assume that the concern about fish and uh, meat is the sakana, whereas the Sephardim hold that fish and milk is the sakana. As well, another halachic point is that the uh, the poskim do say that it's preferable to have fish over the course of Shabbos. However, uh, like my family, no one in my family uh, eats fish. I think my wife, the only exception is tuna fish. I don't eat any fish at all. So then what if I don't like fish? So Casa de Harsin, is that a requirement? So the, the Mishnah Brewer writes that if that's not your food, so then you're not obligated to have fish. It's not an inherent din in the fish. It's that you should have something that you have a hanaf from on Shabbos, something that's special to you, something that you like. And that's what Rabbi Akiva was saying here is that, yes, it's true that Asei Shabbat Chachol, the Altitz Tarech Lebrios. However, one should try and make sure that they do something special for Shabbos, nevertheless. Kiditznan, as the Mishnah writes, Rabbi Huda ben Teim Omer, Rabbi Az, Kanomer, Bekal Kanesha, Rotz, Ketzvi, a person should engage with their relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu with fervor, and they should do, do so with alacrity and excitement. They should do so in a meaningful way. So that's what he says here, that you should do. You should push yourself. You should push yourself. Make your Shabbos meal a little bit nicer, even if you are down on your finances and you're not really able to afford everything. Two-thirds of the way down, let's continue. There were seven things. He taught him seven things. Number one, what's the first thing that Rabbi Akiva taught his son? You shouldn't learn at the top of the city. That's where everything is going. It's bustling. It's busy. The marketplace, the flea market, you're going to be distracted. You won't be able to learn. Um, you should not live in a city where the governors and the statesmen are because they're going to be so engrossed in their learning. They're not going to necessarily as easily take care of the needs of the city. And that's not the right place to live. Um, says the Gemara, a person should not go into their house um, without uh, informing the house, the culture came the base chavercha. All the more so that's true in regards to base chavercha into uh, your friend's house. That should be obvious. Let's take a look at a gorgeous rashbam here. 
the Rashbam to our right, about an inch up from where we are. Dibur Hamaschel says the says the Rashbam as follows: Ella, what should you do instead of rushing into your home? Hashmea es kolcha. Raise your voice so that people can hear you. Before you walk in the house, you should let people know that you're walking into the house. They said over there, it's with kolcha, it's with your voice. Our walls are thicker than their walls. Our doors are thicker than their doors and our houses are insulated. So things are different. So uh, as you probably have seen over the years, it's appropriate to knock before a person enters the house. Dilma, avde milsa delitniusa. Maybe someone is doing something that they were hoping to do betzina. They're hoping to do betzinias. And you broke that. So if you would knock on the door and give them a few seconds to collect themselves, whatever the case may be. So then wonderful. That's great. The Vayikra Rabbah, the Medrash, it writes as follows. Such a gorgeous close. Oh, this is so beautiful. The Rashbam writes as follows. Uh, quoting a, a Medrash in Vayikra Rabbah. Rav Yochanan, ki hava oya Rav Yochanan the Amora. When he would go into his house, mina'anea, he would knock, he would make some type of a noise. Mishum shenamar, and here's a beautiful play on the Pasuk, Venishma, Venishma kolob v'oela kodesh. Oh, so beautiful. Talk, this was talking about Pa'amon, Zahavarimon, Pa'amon, Zahavarimon, so that when the Kohen Gadol would walk into the Kodesh, the people would hear him. They would they would know what's going on. So the Gemara here, based on the Medrash, refers to our house as HaKodesh, Venishma. It should be heard, Kolo, his voice should be heard, v'oela kodesh, when a person comes to their home. And this is a reminder um, this is a reminder, this medrash is a reminder that our homes have to be a place of Kedusha. It's not Stam. It's not just a place that we happen to live. It should be a place of Kedusha. And the centerpieces of our home should be uh, artifacts uh, of our past and our future. And there should be things that our kids know are our values. And this is a beautiful idea to remind us that when we walk into our homes, we should remem- remind ourselves that it's Kodesh, famous story that they tell about Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach, that right before he would get home at the end of the day, whatever end of the day meant for Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach, he would uh, you know, fix his collar and clean off the lapels and button his, uh, button his jacket. And of course, to see his rabbis, and he knew he was going to a hush of a place. He couldn't do what he was doing without her. So he had the, he had the respect. He had the, the sense of, of the awareness to prepare himself before he walked in. That was a, a main this idea. Let's continue with the list of seven things that Rabbi Akiva told his child, Rabbi Yoshua. We are uh, almost three-fourths of the way done. You should wear shoes. You shouldn't walk around barefoot. It's not covered for, uh, it's not covered for a, a Tamil Chacham to be without shoes. Um, and as well, one should uh, eat breakfast in the morning, in the summer because of the heat and in the winter because of the cold, namely that one should be conscientious of their health and eating in the morning is considered a good thing. In fact, the Gamar Masechah's Baba Kama quotes a line that says, Shitin Rihute Rihat, 60 running people, that one would not be able to reach someone. Uh, it's, it's 60 people running a fascinating Gemara. We'll get to that in, uh, I don't know when, a year, maybe more. I have no idea how, how long it's going to be. It'll be a while. Here's Hashem looking forward to that. So you should do that as well. And then another din that Rabbi Akiva taught his uh, son, Rabbi Yeshua, there as well, like we saw earlier. And this is, of course, why the story of Rabbi Akiva is being brought here, that one should make sure that they um, that their Shabbos should be a weekday, more more of a weekday in the event that they don't have uh, money, and they should not um, be matriach people. Again, as we saw, with the exception of Casa de Harsana or something special. And, and the last one that's on this list, one should try to work with a person who has good mazel, a person who's got a lot of good stuff going on. 
So says the Gemara, Amar Papa Lola Mizban Minebelo Lizunemitle. Rabbi Akiva wasn't telling his son that you should necessarily buy or sell things to him. This is the kind of person you want to build a shutfus with. You don't just build a shutfus, a partnership with someone who has money. You want to build a shutfus with someone who's a good quality person and they have a good tamazel. You want to make sure that you're with the right people. So says the Gemara, but Vahashta, that's not so true anymore. Vahashta, but now that we know the Amar of Shmuel Bar Yitzchak, what does the Pasuk mean? The drush is kolanotel pruta Anyone who takes a pruta from Eo gets a bracha. Even if you're you are just transacting with him, buying or selling, even without a partnership, that's a bracha. So maybe we can expand Rabbi Akiva a little bit more. Shapir says Gemara, that's correct. Shapir dummy. Ten lines from the bottom. Kufiyah beis manalev. Chamisha dvarim tziva. Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai. Shoyach chavush beveis asurim. When Rabbi Akiva was in prison, there were five things that he told a, uh, his Talmud, Rabbi Rabbi uh, Shimon ben Yochai. Amar lo. Um, Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai says to Rabbi Akiva, he says, Rabbi Lamdeni Torah. I want you to teach me Torah. Forget about these five things. I want you to teach me. Uh, let's let's learn a sugya. Let's let's talk in learning. So Amar Rabbi Akiva says, No, Eni Melamedcha. He said, I will not teach you. So Rabbi Rashbi comes back with a punch. Amar Loim Eina Tamalamdeni. If you don't teach me, Ani Omer Yochai Abba. I'm going to say to my father, Yochai Umosar Cholamalchus, and I'm going to be Moser you to the Malchus. Well, what is that? Rav Shimon ben Yochai is threatening to be Moser Rebbe Akiva. So says the Gemara, this is just hyperbolic. His, his goal here was to say how much he wanted to learn from Rebbe Akiva. So then understanding what was going on, Omar Lo, Rebbe Akiva says back a, a gorgeous line about uh, the power of the Rebbe, a power of the teacher. Says the Gemara, Omar my, my child, Yoser mimasha egel rotze linek, more than the calf wants to nurse, para rotze lehanik. The mother, the, the cow wants to nurse. Such a powerful idea of the educator that their desire is to give and give and give. Give and give and give. One of my, uh, I was in a shir many years ago, probably 2005, uh, from Rav Noach Orlowek, and he said a beautiful idea. Be'etzem, the goal of a teacher or a rebbe is to become obsolete in the eyes of their child. What does that mean? of their student. It means that they should give, give, give until the until there's no more that the Rebbe can give to the Talmud and then that Talmud goes up to the next level. It's like in black belts and karate, you have to like elevate one degree at a time in order to get to the Spitz, to get to the highest, highest heights that you can. And that's what should be happening here. So Rabbi Akiva was saying, I know you want to learn, but I want to tell you something. I want to give more than you want to learn. So says uh, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, Amar lo, sakana. Who's the one who's in more danger? If the eagle doesn't eat or drink, if the eagle doesn't nurse, the eagle will die. So the Rabbi Akiva says back, If in fact you're willing to go the route of learning, if you, if you want to be a big posik to deal with halachos like chenek, like Dine uh, Nefashos, if you want to be a posik, you want to be a dayan, you want to be answering these heavy questions. So Hitler, you should hang yourself, not hang yourself in the negative dying way, but you should become dependent on, you should become tola on the Ilan Godel on a big tree. If you want to be a big posik, you need to make sure that you're going to be attached to a bigger posik than yourself. So you have someone to learn from. You have a lot to learn. And when you teach your children, you need to make sure that when you teach a child, and this is one of the first things, one of the five things that he's now telling him, when you teach them, when you teach a child, you have to make sure that you're learning out of a book that has been edited. It's muga. It has to be detailed. 
Um, and in fact, if you look in the beginning of, of the book, of many of the books that we have today, they'll say in the beginning in Hebrew that this was muga al ashkas momon v'kesef rab, this like heavy thing in the beginning to say that just don't photocopy our stuff. We worked very hard to make it good. Why? What's the big deal? Why did, okay, so you miss a word here and there in a Mishnah is at the end of the world, so it says the Gemara, it's a problem. Mayhi, what's the problem over here? Amar Rava, three lines from the bottom. When kids are learning something new, if there's a mistake, keivan de'al, oh, it's like girsa uh, diyankasa. When when a child is learning something new and for the first time, it, it's it, it's a fresh brain. It's a white canvas. So whatever you put there is more likely to stick. Children learn things much more quick quickly when they're children. So therefore, it's more of a responsibility when children are younger to teach them the right way. The most powerful form of education is modeling. It's uh, you know domashmiyaluriya. You can talk all you want, but what your kids see is what you see. I might have told this story over the years, but it's a powerful story. There was an NCSYer of ours a number of years ago who was Choshesh. She was from an Orthodox home. She was Choshesh that her father was not Shomer Shabbos. So she uh, did a whole ruse. Before Shabbos, she put the remote control to the TV in the parents' bedroom in a weird place. And then on Shabbos afternoon, she walked in and saw the remote was on her father's nightstand, dropped Yiddishkeit entirely, just dropped it. She was done. She was not going to be from anymore. I don't know what happened with her. I, didn't, I never heard her name. I only heard the story. But the point is that this, she's a child, she's impressionable, and he did something that left permanent damage. That's why, says the Gemara, when children are new, when they have a, that clean slate, if you make an error, once you put that information in, it's very, very hard to unwire what you have just put in there. Says the Gemara as well, another thing that um, that Rabbi Akiva told Rashbi, you should not cook in a pot that your friend cooked in, says the Gemara, this is a euphemism. My nihu, what's going on here, says the Gemara, grusha, a woman who's divorced. So then b'chayi baila, this is talking about a woman who is divorced, but her husband is still alive. When a garush, when a man who is divorced, marries a woman who is divorced, and both of their uh, initial spouses are alive, says the Gemara, Arba Deos Pemita. There are now four Deos, four opinions in bed. So what this means, uh, the Meforshim explained, is that when this new couple, right, so uh, there was couple A, man A and woman A were married to each other, then they got divorced. So man, man A marries woman B, and uh, and woman A where he's ma marries man C, another, another man. But at when they're when they're together, betash mishamita. So because they have experiences in the past, it's difficult to separate that out. And the halacha is quoted in Shulchan Aruch that when a person is is uh, involved in tash mishamita, so the language in the in the in the halachic language is that a person should not be nosin ein of kosos. A person should not have in mind rachmanolitzlan other people when they're with their spouse. That's totally inappropriate. In fact, when a couple is conceiving, it could have some damaging impact on the vlad, even on the child itself. We're going to learn more about that in your Tashem tomorrow. So so that's what this means, says the Gemara. This was the second thing that Rabbi Akiva told Rashbi, that lo siv ashel b'kdeir shebishel ba'chavercha. Another approach, even if her husband passed away, forget about divorce. She's alive, her husband is not alive. So some say you shouldn't marry that person. Why? Turning to the top of Kufiud Beis, Amud Beis, Lefi says the Gemara, She'en Kolets Bo'os Shavos, because the, uh, the, the Tash Mishamita between one partner and the next is not necessarily the same. So therefore, uh, that's what this uh, din is that Rabbi Akiva taught Rashbi. Um, Rashi here on the top explains uh, what's going on in the inner column, top line. She ain't called it's both Shabbos. Ever Tashmish Shiloh, you hate Tashmish Zetovla, Kirishon, Utezalza, though that maybe 
just uh, by the nature of natural comparison, having married another person. So she'll she or he will have a conflict and therefore uh, it, it may cause for some consternation. Okay. Obviously, of course, it doesn't mean that these people shouldn't not get married. That's not what it means. Uh, and you should, that's certainly, we see it all the time that Almonos and Grushos get married all the time. It just uh, has to be done with, 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 with as much as it, which is whatever within the power of the person to do so, Vitara. Top line, Kufyud Beis and Beis, another din that Rabbi Akiva taught Rashbi, mitzvah veguf, uh, mitzvah veguf gadol. How do you fulfill a mitzvah and get financial profits, guf gadol? How do you do that? It says the Gemara, ochel peros. Um, what you should do is lend money. And what you'll do is you'll get the benefits from the money that you lend. Let's say you make an investment in a company. So you'll take the peros below uh, and you will not lose out on the schar. There's two spellings of low here, either low, lamed aleph, below schar, and you will not take the schar, meaning you're, uh, that the, you're not going to take back the money that you lent in the beginning and you'll just live off the profits. Good for you. Or below schar, to him is the money that he gets the schar in olam haba, which is what he was looking for, the mitzvah of a guf gadol. The next case, mitzvah of a guf tar, what should a person do if they want to do a mitzvah and that their guf should be tar? So it says the Gemara, no say isha velo banim. Um, a person who uh, this is an interesting case, and we are, it must be in the in the framing of Rabbi Akiva that the woman he's about to marry in this case is single. But let's say a man it gets married and has children, and now he uh, has the opportunity to marry again. And velo banim, he already has children. So says the Gemara, the mitzvah of the guftar, the best way for one to remain a tahor is to get married, even if they already have children, even if they were yote the mitzvah, it's better that he should be married, even if he already has children. Uh, there were four things that, um, that uh, Rabbi Yudah Nasi, uh, Rabbi HaKadosh told his children, number one, very specific information, a person should not live in the city of Sheikh because they're not good people. They, they, uh, they, they mock people, they make fun of them, and it's very hard not to get drawn in. You'll get drawn in. It's very difficult when there's one of the first prokem, I think the first parak. Yeah, in the first parak of Tehillim. That's what it says. Number two, a person should not sit on the bed of an uh, of an aramis, and uh, that's also a bad idea. You should not sit on the bed of this non-Jewish woman. Says the Gemara, what does this mean? So the Gemara presents a few options as as to what the mita aramis is. Some say that your bed is considered like a mita aramis, like the bed of a non-Jewish person, if you don't say Kriyash Malamit, you should say Kriyash Malamit. That's one of the Simanim of a Yid, that we're Sameh HaNakadosh Baruch to protect us. But you see, Shan Ve'ayir, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to give, be mafkid my, my Ruach to you. I'm going to be mafkid my Neshama to you. I want you to give it back. So I have to say the Psukim that protect me. So that's a sign of a Yid, that a person says Kriyash Malamit. Some say that what this line means is that he was telling Rashbi that you should not marry, sorry, not Rashbi, this is talking about Rabbeinu HaKadosh. The Rabbeinu HaKadosh was saying that you should not marry a gioras. Some say armois mamish. Some say it's just pashara an armois. She's talking about a woman who is a, an arami an aramis. So what happened an armois? What's the story there? Papa, the Gemara elsewhere tells a story about Rav Papa, where Rav Papa was um, had a loan out on someone. He went to go collect the loan, and when he was there, she said, "Just take a seat over here." It happened to be on her bed, and then she uh, had already 
killed one of her children to create this awful libel against her papa. And uh, when she came back, she said, oh, you killed my kid who's sitting in the bed. So that ended up being a whole problem. So a big problem. So then, of course, that's why the Gemara says you should not do that. Next, the next thing that Rabbeinu HaKadr said, a person should not run away from paying taxes. The Mephorshim here explained that we're not talking about regular taxes because regular taxes are le'ikuba. One is obligated halachically to pay taxes to the government. There are some complex shilas that come up, but by and large, you get a W-2, you're obligated to pay. If you skirt the law, you're, it's Geneva Darabonan, at least, if not worse, because you're taking from other people as well. It's certainly Geneva Darabonan to steal from an Akum is Anisra Darabonan, but it might even be worse because you're, you're detracting from other people. You're ruining the funds of other people and that you're allowed to do that. That's not so posh. So that's what he says. This is talking about like, um, uh, kind of like, uh, you know, the Italian mob, you know, that they take, uh, they go into your store and they say, we won't burn your building down if you give us $500. He says, you should pay that bill. Dilma, mishkechulach, v'shakleminach, kol islah, because otherwise they could take everything from you. And then what do you have left? So you're better off paying it than not paying it. And then says the Gemara, a person should not stand opposite a bull when they are coming out of a swamp. Because the Satan is dancing between its horns. And the Mephorshim say, this isn't talking about um, Shadim, it's not talking about anything on the Hebe front. This is very practical. And it doesn't mean Satan Mamish, what it means is that the animal is just going to be crazy. It's going to be in a nuts mood, just the way they respond to the Agam, apparently. Amar of Shmuel, Bishor Shachor, we're only talking about if this animal is a black animal, Ubi Yomi Nisan, and if it's in the months of Nisan. Tani Rav Oshia, Mirach can be short time, Hamishan Ama. One should make sure that they distance themselves, even from a short time. We're going to, of course, learn about the differences between a short time and a short muad, a shore that is a regular shore, not a damaging shore, and a short muad, which is known to be dangerous. We'll discuss how many. How many type, times does an animal have to hurt someone in order to be considered a shor muad? We'll get there uh, in due time. But let's say from a, from a short time, chamishim ama, you have to distance yourself about, about 50 amos. Mishor muad, what about a shor muad? What about an animal that you know to be dangerous? So the halacha is, kimelo enav, is it usher to be a rodeo rider? You're going you're gonna to go to the rodeo and you're going to sit on a bull and it's going to throw you. Lachor, that's a violation of this Gemara. I don't know if anyone you know has that profession, but I would imagine that it's problematic uh, in this regard, that you should make sure you can't even see them out of sight so that you can't even get hurt by them. Tadam Yishmed Rameir, actually said something a little bit more than uh, just not to be able to see them. Reish Torah Bedikula, Sakla Igra, Vishadi Darga Mitusach. If you see, uh, a, uh, you see a bull, climb up on the roof, up a ladder, and then kick the ladder down. Don't mess around. These animals are dangerous. Just get out of the way. Amar uh, Rav says, uh, what do we do? What are the, the, the call signs to get animals to get away from you? How do you, what words do you say? So the Gemara has a call, and we'll see soon that it's not only referencing animals, but also people. So Nizha the Torah, the phrase that you should say, the call that you should say to get rid of a shore, hein, hein, that uh, the double word apparently uh, bothers their brains and they walk away. Nizha the Arya, what about a lion? Zezet, when you say the double word of Zed, this pushes them away. Nizha the Gamla, what about a camel? Da, da. What about Nizha the Arba? What about the people who are pulling a boat? These are people. We've seen this imagery in, uh, in shows probably over the course of our lives that if you have an Arba, you have a boat, and people are pu- pulling it, what should you say? Hilani Haya, Hila Vihilu Kulia. Sorry, I don't know how to explain that. So it says the Gemara as follows Amar Abaye, almost halfway down. Or 
If you have leather, dog, a fish, the coast, we'll see what that means in the Gemara. Chamin, hot water, ubeitzim are eggs, bikinim, levanim, white lice. If you have any of those, kulan, kashin, the davar acher. All of these are difficult for davar acher. In this frame of reference, davar acher is a, a reference to tzaraz. Machlokas here, if it actually means tzaraz or if it's just a similarity to tzaraz, whatever the case may be. Um, but let's get into what all of these things are. Or halfway down, kufiyad beizim and beiz. When we talk about leather, mandagani amashcha tzala, we're talking about um, some leather that's at the tanner. If you uh, if you lie down on that type of ore, that's bad for tzaras. Dag is a reference to a specific fish, fish called a shibuta. Biyome nisan, one that's uh, around. With uh, tonight is Rosh Chodesh Nisan. So in this month, if a person were to see a shibuta, so and they were uh, had saras, so then they should try to avoid it. What's kos? Says the Gemara. Kos is a reference to shiure kasa deharsana, a reference to the leftovers, like the shirayim of kasa deharsana. Kasa deharsana, we already said, are some small type of fish, a sardine type of fish, maybe herring, something along those lines. And the din is that, uh, I should say the din, uh, I should say that one who has taras should try to avoid the shirayim of kasa deharsana. What's chamin when it says that a person who has taras should avoid chamin? says the Gemara, for people for whom hot water would be poured over them. So that's not good for people who have taras. Probably not good for anyone, but it's certainly not good for people who have saras. Beitz and what are what eggs are we talking about? Says the Gemara, man demidrach aklipim. I don't know if you've ever tried this. I would don't recommend it. But people who used to walk on the din is that they should not do that when they have saras. What about kinim levanim white levanim? So says the Gemara. What's that? What's that talking about? Um, three lines before the wide line says the Gemara. Man de levushe. You you whitened. It's really a reference to laundry. You did laundry on your clothes. You didn't wait eight days. And then you wore it again. And then you put law and you put on the clothes again. These things will recreate themselves. Namely, there's a shelf life to the kingdom. Even if you wash them, they can still live for eight days. Um, uh, the kingdom can still live for eight days. And if, they, uh, and if you don't uh, wait the appropriate amount of time, so then they can come back and get you. Says the Gemara as follows. Something just changes in mind. Oh, okay. Says the Gemara. Last the short lines. Amara Papa, a base of the Ispa Shunra. If there's a house that has a cat in it, Lone Olba Inish, below Masna, you should not go into a house where there's a cat if you're not wearing shoes. Says the Gemara, my time, well, what's the reason? Mishum de Shunra because cats can kill snakes, and eat them. They have very, very small teeth. And you might step on one of the bones of a snake. They can get stuck in your foot and it can cause damage for you. And uh, let's just do a little bit more. There are those who say, base of the less base Shunra, when there's no cat, you shouldn't go in the Hekero when it's dark out. Why not? My time because you might get wrapped up in a snake, although you die and you wouldn't know when we stuck it. Okay, one one last little piece and then we'll stop. There were three things, Rabbi Shmuel, the Rabbi of Rabbi. And he says, Don't make a, a moon in yourself. What does that mean? You should not go into court when it's one against three. One person is going to be the baldin. He's going to say, uh, you owe me X and you're going to argue with him. But at the same time, the other two, Trey, Sade, and the other two are going to gang up on you. They're going to be the eight and they go against you. Uh, you should... 
you should not go into uh, into a store to look at things if you don't have any money to spend it. So uh, kind of it's like a, like an own of sorts. You're giving the false impression that you plan on shopping. Now some stores prefer to have customers even if they don't end up looking, even if they don't end up buying. That's like you know window shopping. That's its own crack. If store is clear about that, then for sure. Otherwise, it's not nice. Gives people a bad feel. If a woman goes to the mikvah, a person should not be intimate with his wife the night she comes back to the mikvah, from the mikvah. What is that talking about? It should be a mitzvah doraisa the night that a woman comes back to the mikvah. So the Gemara doesn't even ask the question because it's so obvious. It's uh, just going to go straight to the answer. Amarab, uvenida doraisa, olbehuchzak ma'ayan, pasuach, dilma mashchaziva. He says, the Gemara, we're only talking about on a Nida de Oraisa level. So this takes just a, a brief explanation, and then we'll stop right here, is that a Nida Mida Oraisa works as follows. If a woman were to see blood for many days in a row, for, and then she stops seeing blood, so from day one, we start the count of seven days. She can bleed as much uh, as is normal or not normal over the course of those seven days. If she finishes bleeding on day seven and goes to the mikvah, Mida Oraisa, on a Torah level, she is allowed to be with her husband. However, that is not our custom for a whole host of reasons, some of which has to do with what, uh, a concern of whether or not she's a Zavagdola. But this is another concern, which is that because she was bleeding for all seven days, now that it's the night of the eighth and she's done bleeding, she can go to the Mikvah, but we're still concerned that that should not be the case because we're afraid that because she's had a trend of bleeding over those seven days, so ma'ayon pasuach. So we're concerned that the uterus is open and still going to bleed more. And the bleeding will continue. We're going to stop here at shlosha dvarim tziva, about ten lines down in the wide lines. Amir Tashem will pick up tomorrow night at eight forty p.m. in person. Wishing you all a beautiful night.